Hello and welcome to For the Health of It this morning. I am your host, Dr. Scott Phillips, and uh, I am a local chiropractor, owner of Lifestyle Chiropractic and Wellness Center in the Clock Tower Building here in Heber City, Utah. And we are broadcasting live this morning on KTMP 1340 AM. Thanks for those that are tuning in live and uh, those that are listening to the podcast later on. We have some great and distinguished guests here this morning. Uh, I'm going to kind of give a little uh, idea about what we're doing uh, today and what we're talking about and and then uh, introduce the guests that I have. Uh, But Utah specifically, we have quite a crisis of uh, opioid addiction and opioid problems and things like that. In fact, there are some statistics uh, that came out that I was just handed by one of these distinguished guests. Uh, and uh, and it's pretty amazing that every month in Utah, 24 people die from prescription drug overdose. That's just in Utah, 24 people. In 2014, 32% of Utah adults aged 18 and older had been prescribed an opioid pain medication in the last 12 months. So that's a third of us. Right, and Utah ranked number four in the U.S. for drug poisoning deaths from 2012 to 2014. So this is definitely a Utah uh, a problem that we face in this state. I know it's this problem that we face countrywide, uh, and we're going to just kind of talk a little bit about some of the implications there. But the people that I have here in studio, uh, we have Amy Tuddenham again, and Amy's been here before. Uh, she's the communications director, director here for uh, Heber Valley Medical Center. And then she brought along with her, uh, her friend Jen Avery, who is the director uh, of emergency services at Heber Valley also. Uh, so welcome, ladies. Thank you, Scott. Thank you. Uh, so we're going to talk just kind of, uh, I know the thing that makes me excited is that Intermountain Health is uh, statewide really taking an initiative uh, and saying, hey, let's talk about this. Let's let's talk about these problems. Let's get bring some solutions to the table. Uh, I know I read a lot of Dr. Gupta on CNN, and and he has uh, talked a lot about the fact that uh, as physicians, as medical care providers, and I and I include myself in that in that group, uh, we are getting the wrong message to our patients anyway when it comes to these pain medications. And so I know that it's a great thing to see the hospital taking that initiative and hopefully getting some, some information and some, uh, some education to the community. So I'm excited to learn about what Intermountain's going to be doing, and we'll just kind of chat. And, uh, and uh, so, so tell me kind of, uh, we read some of these statistics, and I know that, that Intermountain is, is definitely uh, aware of these statistics, and that's probably what started, sort of started to prompt this. So, so kind of tell me what we see maybe specifically to Heber Valley, but just... Intermountain in general, what their goals are and what they're looking for to do with this initiative. Well, let, I'm going to back up, Scott, for just a minute and talk to you about um, the community benefit initiative sure. that we do as part of Intermountain Healthcare. Every three years, um, myself, Sean Morrow, and um, we visit with several community leaders um, around Wasatch and Summit County, and we we look at the health needs of the community, and we do that along with the health department. Randall Probst is very involved with us, as well as state health department they do a community needs assessment Um, and we look at we poll people we look at data um, we look at what our health care providers are seeing and we compile all this information and of course it's all we don't none of the information we gather is tied to a specific person so we're just looking at general data but we rank that on what are the biggest problems what are the biggest health indicators our community is facing and from that we develop community 
health initiatives that we focus on for three years. And so last year was my year to look at all the data and make a goal. And so then this year, for the next three years, I'm going to be focusing on um, education and awareness and prevention. And we're going to focus on prevention of diabetes, um, hypertension, depression, and opioid misuse. And so what I want to talk about today is specifically our opioid campaign. Sure. And so every hospital in Intermountain Healthcare, we have local partners, um, and ours are the Heber City Police Department, Wasatch County Sheriff's, Wasatch Mental Health, um, Wasatch County Health Department, and the hospital. And we're focusing on um, prescription opioid misuse. So this year what you're going to see us do is um, I'm going to read you the specific goal, and then we'll talk about the pieces. Um, we're going to do a community-focused prevention of prescription opioid misuse efforts, and we're going to do that through public awareness campaigns, um, support of disposal drop boxes, naloxone rescue kits, which I'm going to let Jen speak about in a, in a little bit, and then... Um, and our goal is to raise awareness about what opioids can do, and sure. that there's other options. So um, right now... That, that community group that I just told you about, we this week, this week we're actually kicking off an opioid awareness campaign. So today in the hospital at 11, we're going to be branding the hospital walls, counters, the doctor doors, as well as placing literature out for patients yeah. so that they can understand that when they get an opioid prescription, there's some things that they should ask their doctor about. Sure. And so we'll have those questions for them so that they can look at them and they can go through those questions with their doctors and then we'll do billboards we're going to do a online campaign um and then we're going to do some articles in in the wasatch wave cool so just so that people across wasatch county can understand that this this is an epidemic yeah and it hits everyone um i was just looking at demographics and sometimes we think that those that are involved in drug-related deaths or overdose fit a certain demographic but sure. they don't in this document that I was just looking at, it had every demographic, um, single mothers, women that are 45 staying at home, kind of people of the higher, of a higher income bracket, right. um, uneducated. It touches everyone's lives and sure. no one is immune from an opioid addiction. Right. And so that's what Heber Valley Hospital, that's what we're going to focus on for the next three years is components with our partners that raise awareness and educate people on what questions we ask, um, how we manage our pain when we are in chronic pain, and right. then the resources that we have to help people overcome those addictions. Yeah, yeah. Um, you know, I think we probably ought to get a little bit of a uh, description, too. We say opioid, and, and in my circles, people know what I'm talking about, but we probably ought to be a little more specific to help people realize what types of prescriptions we're talking about. Um, you know, these are any of our, our pain-related, especially chronic pain patients that come in. They get uh, morphine, obviously, was the original opioid. That was what people used to get over-the-counter prescription. It was kind of widespread used, and so obviously it was very, very addictive. Uh, and so people said, okay, well, let's tweak this a little bit and get some other things. And so, you know, the generic brands, things like, uh, well, I guess not generic brands, but the chemical names are, you know, your Oxycontin, your Oxycodone, those types of things. Um, Percocets, Loratabs, those are the, um, what do we call them, the, the 
brand name by the different companies that use them, but they're all kind of generally the same formula. And, uh, and, and typically these are going to be prescribed when someone after someone undergoes like a surgical procedure or someone's going to, uh, you know, have some sort of episode where they need some pain relief, those, those types of things. Even dental procedures are, are you know, getting prescription opioids. Uh, and I think what happens is people, uh, and then of course, right, you say misuse of them. You hear someone say, oh, you got a little bit of pain. Well, I've got some Loratabs left over from a root canal I had. Why don't you take a couple, right? I mean, this idea that it's just okay to just grab one as if there's nothing wrong that can, that can happen with it. Uh, and, and so these are the kind of specific types of drugs that we're talking about. Um, so let's turn over to Jen and just kind of ask, you know, as manager of the ER, I'm sure you see a lot of this come through because this is where some of these overdose people are going to come through. Uh, but what specifically kind of do you notice in your realm and, and what are you going to kind of bring to the table as far as helping that awareness? So we do notice um, a lot of opioid misuse, uh, especially in the emergency department. It's very common for acute injury to be prescribed an opioid. And you mentioned earlier some of the names for those are hydrocodone or Lortab, um, oxycodone or Percocet. And those are probably the most common things that are asked for um, in the emergency department or the, that we offer for an acute injury. Um, so one of the things that we're really trying to do is educate our providers on research that's been done uh, to make sure that we're prescribing the right amount. It's not that we want to go away from prescribing opioids when they're appropriate, but we want to make sure that we're not giving people enough, like you mentioned, to have leftover in their <laughs> cupboard right. that they can share with their friend who now has um, acute pain. Right. The other thing we're really trying to do is encourage um, providers and patients to try the, the to try pain medication that um, maybe is non-narcotic first. Sure. You know, oftentimes Tylenol or ibuprofen um, or other NSAIDs will, will work for pain. Um, and it's, it's hard because people have an expectation now, um, and I think providers also have an expectation now that um, we should be able to get rid of pain. Right. Um, but our bodies actually tell us when we're in pain that something's wrong, and if our pain increases, we need, as, a, as medical professionals, we need to know that. Right. That usually means signs of something getting Something's worse. Something's actually doing something that's made, yeah. I mean, I always like the analogy of driving down the road and my check engine light comes on, and so I just take some black electrical tape and put it over, and then I don't see it anymore. We're good to go. Let's keep driving, right? I mean, the pain says, hey, something's wrong. Something's an issue. Instead of just taking something over and over and over to ignore it, maybe let's go in and get it addressed. I think that's a, a great initiative to have for sure. Um, you talk about outreach, classes, prevention, that kind of stuff. What are you guys going to focus on? I mean, there are so many people out there that say, well, yeah, I mean, that's what I live on. You know, that's what keeps me going. I mean, and, and uh, a lot of them are not even going to say that, hey, yeah, I'm an addict, because obviously addict, like you says, conjures these visions of, you know, homeless people that, or lower, dem lower income, that kind of stuff. And they really could be addicted and don't really even know it. I mean, how are we going to help these people realize, A, that maybe they are kind of doing it the wrong way? And what are kind of some of the alternatives that we're going to offer? I mean, we, we say a couple of the lighter, but I mean, you talk to people that are used to the, the opioids, they're going to be like, yeah, I could take, oh, that bottle of Tylenol, it wouldn't do anything. You know, what else is there out there that we can talk about, do you think? 
We're starting with a public awareness campaign because I think first and foremost, we have to raise awareness that this is not, it's not a problem that's just um, focuses on one area. Sure. Or it's not one type of person or demographic that has this problem. It's across the board. Um, I have to tell you, a couple weeks ago, I went to lunch um, with a girlfriend from out of town. We had met and we were visiting and we hadn't seen each other in like six or seven years. And she didn't even know what I'm working on because we just, we don't, we don't cross paths at work. So right. work is usually not our topic of conversation. And right. through the course of the conversation, she's like, I have to tell you what happened to me last year. And she gets all teary. And she's, this is a female that's 45 years old, extremely active in her community, extremely active in her religious calling. And she said to me, she goes, I, and I knew she was in an accident yeah. about 18 months ago. And she goes, I was addicted to opioids and I cannot tell you that it, she said it took me two weeks. She goes, I was in this awful accident. Um, luckily she was okay, but she had a lot of pain. And she said, so when I left the ER, they gave me some opioids. They said, you know, you're going to have to take these. You're going to be in pain for quite a while. She said, I took the minimum dose, right. one in the morning, one at night. She said, within two weeks, I was addicted. Wow. And her husband started noticing um, odd behaviors. She, she said, I started increasing, even though I was feeling better. Right. And I, my body didn't feel as in much pain. I noticed that I would take two in the morning and then I need, if I needed to sleep that night, I would take two. And then yeah. sometimes I'd get up at night and go, oh, I better just take another one to help me sleep. Right. Sure. And so she said in that short amount of two weeks, she was addicted wow. and she said it was the longest six months coming off of it Sheesh. and working with her provider. So I think the first thing that we're going to do and the first thing that's part of our campaign with our coalition here in town is to raise awareness. Yeah. Just a public messaging campaign. This is, Basically, here's, here's, here are the opioids, and here are some different options. And I wish that I would have brought the questions, and that's my mistake, because we do, um, as part of Intermountain Healthcare, we want our patients to be engaged, and so we want them to ask questions. Right. Um, along with the public awareness campaign, we're working with physicians on, um, we've created modules so that they they understand and they know this they're intelligent providers that we have in this community but they can talk about their patient they can talk with their patients about what are some of the different options right um intermountain healthcare and correct me if i'm wrong we're working on rather than being able to fill a prescription for 30 days yeah we're reducing it to like seven sure yeah we're really working hard um based on research that's been conducted as uh, it, it's obviously we, we don't ever want to get away from being patient specific, um, but recommendations. So if I have, a, you know, an orthopedic injury, a, a fracture of a bone, um, it, most often patients receive this or will take this number of medication um, before they start um, relying just on other medications that are non non narcotic or right. non opioid. Um, and I think Amy was referring to the questions that we're trying to get out to the community um, that. And that we're actually encouraging our providers to initiate. Um, but really, education here is the key. Is The five questions we'd like patients to be able to ask are, am I at risk for addiction? And we have great screening tools now that have been developed that we can actually identify, 
you may be at risk right. before you've been given that first narcotic. Um, will another drug work that it's non-narcotic? And we'd love to have those conversations with people and, and try different things, even if it means we maybe keep you with us for a little bit longer so right. that we can see what's really going to help your pain. Um, and then conversations that we want your pain to be a level that's tolerable. Um, it's not appropriate to get rid of pain. Um, that causes all sorts of problems. Yeah, yeah. Um, but, but realize that pain is good. Uh, it doesn't ever feel good, right. but it should be at a level that's tolerable. Right. Um, how long will I be taking them? You know, have a clear conversation of how long I should expect to be taking these medications. Um, is the lowest dose being prescribed to me? And what is my plan to taper off of these medications? Yeah. Yeah, those are great questions. I think everybody that has any, uh, you know, plan to take them or is taking them currently, that's a great, uh, a great resource to say, okay, here's, here's, you know, what I should be thinking about. Again, I think, you know, we look at some of these commercials on TV that talk about their, pers you know, specific prescription drug, ask your doctor about this or that. And they go through so many of these side effects. And when I'm talking to patients, a lot of them are, are either reluctant to take these prescriptions because of the side effects or they're hoping that, you know, it's not something they have to take forever. And so they're looking for ways to get off them. But you don't really see those commercials for these specific drugs. And so I don't think people realize really what some of the side effects could be. And I think, you, you know, like you say, with awareness, you think, oh, yeah, but... I won't get addicted because I'll just take it the way the doctor tells me and, you know, this and that. And and I think there is this desire to be completely pain-free, Jen. I mean, I think you say that, you know, like, yeah, okay, I just, you know, fell off my bike doing some awesome trick and I would like to have no pain for the rest, you know, today and tomorrow. And, and, and to realize that pain is part of the healing process. It's part of the, hey, if you just had a surgery, you're going to have some pain. We want to help you manage that pain. But the goal is not to be 100% pain-free tomorrow after, you know, getting your knee completely replaced so you can go out and jog. I mean, there's got to be those there's expectations. I think sometimes as humans, you know, we're a pill-popping generation, unfortunately, and that's really what we do is we look for what combination can we take that makes us feel the most normal. And, uh, and I think when the misuse happens, and it happens so gradually and almost so easily, like you said about your friend, you know, like, oh, well, I'll just take one extra. It's no big deal. Uh, that misuse all of a sudden happens. Uh, you know, I know people that, that take other prescription drugs just because it helps them in specific times. Things like, you know, ADD medication. They're like, hey, I've got a lot to do this weekend. I'll just take some of my friends, you know, uh, college students are doing that like crazy, and 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 so it's really uh, important. I think that we definitely look at the big picture of what are we trying to accomplish with these prescription medications because they were never really used or even uh, thought of to use over a long period of time. In fact, I read something that even the American Medical Association now is saying for chronic pain for someone that's going to have pain for a very long period of time, the opioids opioids are actually not even supposed to be used now. Because the research says, yeah, it helps them in the short term, but because they'll have to keep taking it, they will almost invariably become addicted, and then in the long term, it will make it much, much worse. Uh, and so I appreciate that you even talk about the acute pain stage. Hey, that first however long, maybe let's not give you 30 days worth, especially if you just got a root canal. Maybe you can get three or four days, and then you're not going to have that stash up in the cupboard just in case you get a headache and you want to take one you know, for that reason. Um, so I like the idea of blasting in the hospital. I think that's pretty fun. I think it'll be good for people to walk in and kind of have that on their mind. 
Um, what other things are we looking for to do? Uh, you know, we talk about alternatives, that kind of stuff. I, I know that um, even prevention, right? Say, okay, well, how can we prepare our bodies to, to be... Uh, and I know you guys have a great like yoga program even too over at the at the um, South Campus I think is what you call it. We call it the South Building. Uh, oh, South Building, that's right. <laughs> and I know I still say that, and people are like, "What?" And I say where the old fit stop is, and then and they then remember. They, yes. uh, <laughs> but yeah, I mean those types of things, that kind of mindfulness and and trying to kind of take advantage of some of these other ways of managing pain and stress and things like that. Um, obviously, where my world comes in there, I see a lot of people in that realm saying, hey, I'm tired of being in pain. I don't want to take these anymore. Um, how do we work even together as just general health professionals and say, hey, these are some of your other options? I mean, obviously, the alternative world and the, and the mainstream world have kind of been at odds before. And Honestly, in this community, I've never really felt at odds with anybody, to be, uh, to be real honest with you. Most of my doctors that I see, we co-treat with, with their own patients, and they're great with them coming in to see me. Um, but sometimes people don't even know what their options are. And so is there going to be kind of a, a list of, hey, these are some of the other things that you can do to help manage these pain you know, ideas? Is, it, is the patient receptive to these types of things? I mean, I guess I'm just kind of asking general type questions, but, but I'm interested where the education's gonna go. So I know, I'll let Jen speak to if what they do in the emergency department, but I know that in like the clinics, if you see the providers here in town, we have some case managers that work with patients that give them some different options. So one of the thing, one of the classes right now that we offer is living well with chronic conditions um, and managing your chronic pain. And those are, I want to say support groups yeah. more. Uh, yeah, sure. They're taught by a professional provider, um, RN, or they have physicians come in or physical therapists that help people look at other ways to manage their pain and what things can we do. Like you said, how does yoga play into this? And then right. here are your options over there. Now, right now, those classes are only offered at Park City Hospital, which is our sister hospital. We feel it's really um, appropriate that as we bring services to the Wasatch back, to Park City and um, some, to Wasatch County, that we do those um, in a coordinated, timely manner. So we started those classes up there, and we'll see those classes trickle here later this year. Cool. So right now, if a patient needs access to those classes, they can call me or they can call their provider, and we'll get them the information, and they can get registered up at the class. Sure. Um, there's also other classes for like people that are recovering from knee injuries. Um, um, we're going to start Move Well and ArthroFit over at the South Building, over at our physical therapy department. And those are classes that help people kind of get back into movement. So I have a lot of knee pain right now, but I want to get moving again. Right. And I want to not be on opioids, but I want to know how to get my body going again. Sure. And so then those classes will be starting. I think we're slated to start those in June in Park City, and then probably it'll... I think it's July for Heber. Cool. So there'll be some classes, and we'll add more. Um, one thing that when Jen was speaking about how the patient's always first and the patient's needs, I really, as a non-clinical person watching what Intermountain Healthcare is doing, they really do deliver on their best practices. Right. So they look at what's really working, and then they make sure we implement that across the board. And it's, sure. there are going to be tweaks and different, different things for each patient, but really, as we put these classes in place, we know that um, they're evidence-based, they've worked, and 
you know, then we'll bring those into the community. So those are some things the hospital will be working on, helping to expand, you know, and educate about the other options. I know that there is another primary children's um, in Park City. They're working with acupuncture because how does acupuncture play into managing this chronic pain? Right. Um, So we will see more blending of the holistic is that what east and west i don't know what do you want to say yeah exactly (laughs) so and i think that's a great thing is because not just one thing works for every person right so well and that's when you talk about you know patient-centered care that's what it is 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 our biggest goal as any type of medical provider is to make sure that the patient is you know that their best interest is at heart and uh and and if i come to a job with one hammer and hope to get everything done that i need to with just that one tool uh there could be something fixed and there could be holes other places that weren't there before and so it's good to have that whole you know array of tools and say okay well this can work for that and then people are all very different right biologically we're all very different people and they can kind of figure out what works best for them right i mean i'll have someone come into my office and say hey chiropractic's work great for me it's worked great for a lot of people it may not be your thing but let's see how it goes and if not let's find what is and i think you'd be very similar in any of these other cases too and say hey just pick and choose and have that kind of you know puzzle where you have all your pieces that fit together for your own personal you know best health Mm -hmm. um and and so i think that's great i think it's a good idea to check out any of those types of things and say hey if i'm in pain, either acute or chronic, or I'm having issues, maybe I'm, I'm struggling with these uh, uh, thoughts. And, and I want to people that are listening to know that if you feel like you're addicted to something like this, that there are resources also just for that. I mean, uh, luckily your friend noticed in two weeks. I think some people could still be in self-denial for a long period of time until they are in over their head, so to speak, mm-hmm. and, and maybe feel really nervous about even coming forward, I mean, there's definitely going to be a stigma of saying, hey, I think I'm addicted. Like, what? <laughs> you know, that could blow people away. Uh, is it just a, you know, you say that Wasatch Mental Health is part of your coalition, things like that. If someone says, hey, I think I have a problem, they talk to their provider, are there support groups, are there, are there ways to help people with that as well? Yes, they can talk to their provider or um, they can even call me if they need a place to start. And then Wasatch Mental Health has support groups. And um, if they're worried about payment, um, Intermountain Healthcare, we have something we call the FAIR process, which is to make sure that every patient gets medical care regardless of the ability to pay. Um, and, you know, that's part of our mission is yeah. providing that care. And so we work with patients as well as I know Wasatch Mental Health has several programs that or on a sliding scale, so people can also inquire there if they if yeah. they need help. Well, and I, and I think seek help. Don't think you can just kind of do it on, on your own. Okay, I'll flush my opioids down the toilet, right? That's a terrible idea. <laughs> and they show up in our water supply. So I like the idea of having drop boxes, things like that. Um, but don't be ashamed to come forward and say, hey, I might have an issue. Maybe let's start asking some of those questions and see if it's an issue. Uh, I think definitely religiously in this area, you know, that brings another kind of can of worms to say, oh, am I addicted to this? Like, I shouldn't be, and so I better, you know, check it out. And I, I think it's not a bad thing to come forward and say, hey, I think I might have a problem and get some help because it's going to be a lot better that way. Um, I was interested in this uh statistic it's talked about having a funding uh program apparently we had some sort of 
uh, state funding the Utah Department of Health, and we saw a 28% decrease in prescription opioid deaths from 2007 to 2010, but then the funding expired and we've seen a 27% increase in those deaths. So it definitely means that when we put forth the effort to help get the education out there, that it does have a, a good effect. And so that would be great to start to see that number again start to decline as Intermountain kind of statewide uh, starts to try to tackle that problem. And hopefully, as Sean said when he was on here a while ago, a lot of the other you know healthcare systems look to Intermountain as mm -hmm. what they're doing. And hopefully this will be something that sort of starts a wave across the country, which would be nice. Yes, it would be nice. Um, a couple of more minutes, ladies. Tell me if there's anything else that's just burning that you need to get out before we, uh, before we go. Um, it's interesting because this is Mental Health Awareness Month. I don't know if you knew Wasatch yes. Mental Health is doing a lot of cool things, and I've got their director coming on next week. Um, but uh, I think addiction has a lot of that involved, that this kind of uh, emotional kind of aspect we become... Uh, not just physically dependent, but emotionally dependent. Hey, I don't know if I can feel good today unless I take this pill. Uh, and so it's going to be interesting to see kind of how the two initiatives, you know, intermingle. But, but what else is there that, that we need to get out there just today? Is there things that they should look for, classes that might be coming up, stuff like that? Anything else for the last couple of minutes? Well, I would always just recommend that they talk to their provider. Um, and if they don't know where to start, call. Call me at the hospital and I can help get them on the right path or yeah. call Wasatch Mental Health. Um, so if you go to heberhospital.org, you can get contact information for me at the hospital, Amy Tuddenham, and then Wasatch County Health Department, Wasatch County Mental Health, um, as well as the Wasatch County Sheriff's Department and the Police Department. All of us meet on that coalition to talk about how do we raise awareness that we have resources out there to help. Yeah. Um, whether it is a mental health issue and opioids does play into this mental health component and right. we want people to know that we have resources to help and that there's many providers in this community that are able to help if and i just think sometimes people aren't quite sure where to start yeah i agree so. all right well amy's telling you to call her directly she hasn't given you her cell phone number yet my office number but she will give you her office number <laughs> Six five seven four three zero one. And it's area code four three five. If you're calling from New York and you want to chat with her too, go ahead yes, and give please. her a call. Jen, anything else from you? Thanks for coming on. Is there anything else you wanted to get out and let people know about? Oh, thanks for having me. Um, just that you know we, we're mentioning addiction quite a bit uh, with this opioid campaign, um, and it, it, some, it shouldn't be something that people are ashamed of. Sure. You know, in my experience over the last fifteen years in the emergency department. Um, people are, are very shameful of opioid addiction, and um, a, a lot of times it's because we as healthcare professionals have done this to you, <laughs> and not purposefully, um, in an effort to, to help someone in need. And, and as the research, you know, continues to, to expose itself, we've realized that, you know, we've been harming people mm. um, by using such... Um, such high doses yeah, and yeah. such large prescriptions for medication. So if you feel like you may be addicted, um, I assure you that we as healthcare professionals do not look at it as something that you should be ashamed of. Yeah. We'd rather have you make an appointment with your primary care provider. Don't try and um, you know just cut cold turkey and come <laughs> off of these things on your own. Um, it's hard. It's a very hard process, but we want to be here to help you through it. 
Um, and, and we want to have conversations with you as medical professionals. We want you to be in charge of your health. Yeah. And we want you to be asking, why are you giving this to me? Is there any other options? Uh, and help us have those conversations with you to do the best thing for you and your family. Awesome. You know, someone, apparently the high school had an assembly about addiction, and the person that was talking said, you know, you break the word up and you take diction, which is the art of speaking and, and language and communication, and you put add in front of it, which can mean without, right? That that addiction is such an internal thing that we don't talk about it, we don't say anything about it, but really, once we start to vocalize it and try to get that help, that it, you know, that's one of the first steps of breaking it. You kind of take that apart. So anyway, I thought that was kind of a neat idea. Um, well, thank you for coming on. Definitely look out in our community especially, but hopefully this will, uh, like I say, spur something for the whole country to say, hey, we need to really uh, get on top of this issue. Um, the, we didn't even talk about heroin overdose that has now, you know, rise some 400 to 500% now because, you know, instead of trying to go to their doctor to get it, now they're going other places. And uh, it really is an epidemic. It's something we definitely need to look at and, and work with people on. And if that's something that you feel like you need help with, please reach out. Uh, anyone would love to help you and talk to you, primary care provider, any other medical professional you're talking to. And uh, hopefully look for everybody to start working together to just help our community and our, and our country and our nation just get healthier. Uh, that's what this show's about. So hopefully you guys got a little bit of uh, a little taste of that also. And uh, so go out. We have a beautiful day here in Heber Valley. Hopefully where you live, it's beautiful too. Get healthy. If you do it for no other reason, do it just for the health of it. Thank you for listening.